Steve, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Look at that. We've made it. We made it through 2020, barely, and we're off to a great start in 2021. And we're like one of the big shows. We took with the, the A-list stars have the holidays off, so it, it's kind of yeah, that's it, true. It's like we've arrived. Yeah, you know, we've we we mailed it in last week. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. With Steve, we're back and we have a good show for you today. Um, we are going to very quickly talk about Penn State football, even though the football season for Penn State is over, um, and then. You know, last week was the holiday season. This week is probably mega cast season, so we're going to talk about mega cast. <laughs> and then, of course, this is our first episode of the new year, so we're going to do some New Year's resolutions, um, not for each other. Um, did you set a New Year's resolution? I did not. I don't. I haven't. I did not. I don't. I haven't. There you go. That covers it. There we go. All right. See, glad we're on the same page. And I've got a, I've got a question for you, an old guy, young guy, this week that I, I'm pretty interested in. I want to see what your response is because I feel like this could, could go a couple different ways. All right. So I came up with a rundown this week, and I, I wanted to talk about this very briefly because I don't know if it got enough attention, um, and probably because it's out of sight, out of mind. But I really feel like Penn State football dodged a bullet by not taking a bull bid. Um, you look at a couple of the games, including the Music City Bowl, which Penn State was supposed probably going to um and they you know it got canceled because of covid concerns there were a couple other games being canceled because of covid concerns during bowl season heck and as we speak right now apparently the national championship is in flux on what date it's going to be because of of everything so do you think penn state dodged a bullet yeah i think so but i think not even much from the cancellation piece I think, and we talked about it briefly after the final game, that felt like their culmination, their celebration. They were having fun. They, they, they've gone through the, the quarantine and the pandemic and the testing, and they were done. Like I just, It just felt like they were done. Not that they couldn't have kept going because they were winning, but I don't, there was no value. There's no value in, this, in the bowl game for them. And I think that's one of the reasons it's not, you're not so much in the media. The media said farewell to the season two. You know, everybody said farewell and let's let's talk about recruiting and what's next. Um, not so much out of sight, maybe out of sight, out of mind, but also, hey, it's over. We're done with it, too. Like, I just, and I think that's why you see some of the upsets and things like that. I think some teams got there and were just like, man, the work to get to the end of the season was one thing. This isn't a real bowl trip. There's no there's no going to the big steakhouse in, in Pasadena or wherever it was for the Rose Bowl and eating that. There's no contests here. There's no rah-rah. It's just another road game. So, yeah, I think they're better off not doing it. It was the right decision. And whether they would have – how they would have performed on the field or just another week of trying to stay healthy, it was just one less thing they didn't need. They, they've proven what they are and who they are, I think. I'm not a huge believer in the momentum carrying over from season to season. I think Penn State somewhat has proved me wrong over the se- over the years um, with that, that method and that, that thought. But I really felt like if they would have taken a bowl game, and I think I brought this up, you know, before the or during the decision being made, and and they would have lost, and they would have been in one of these upset games like we saw with Indiana. I just don't think that would have been good for the program. I think, like you said, just kind of shutting up shop and calling it a year. That was the best move, and I I think that was the the right move. Yeah, and there were never going to be the extra practices 
in this season with bowls that everybody talks about. Oh, you get 15 more practices. Well, geez, if they'd have gone for a bowl game and somehow ended up at the, the Mayo, Duke's Mayo Bowl, which was, you know, a week after the season or a week and a half after the season, you weren't even getting the practices as a benefit of it. Right. So, so close everything up, you know, get ready for the storm to come. If you're at the beach house, right, close it up, get inside and, and, and be over. So I think, I think they did the right thing. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, even, you know, even the only team, the team's team, right, two teams, I guess, that are really getting the extra bull practices would be Ohio State and Alabama right now because of, of you know, them going to the, the championship. And they might need it less than anybody else. Yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. point in terms that's... of the rich getting richer, right? Yeah. Like, this is, you know, there are three or four good programs, and those are two of them, three or four elite programs, and those are two of them. Yeah, what, what kinks is Ohio State going to work out? Like, what, what, are they, what are they struggling with right now? You know? Right, you just got to keep people healthy. But otherwise, I mean, but it's more time to, to inter- interact with recruits, to, to put up stuff on social media, to be relevant, which, you know, for the brand, the recruiting and all that certainly matters. All right. Well, that's enough about Penn State football for today. Um, but speaking of Alabama and Ohio State, this past weekend and then maybe potentially on Monday as we sit right now on Tuesday evening, um, ESPN once again employed its megacast for the college football playoff um, and will do it for the national championship game. Additionally, I think that for the first time ever, I could be wrong, we're getting a megacast for the NFL game on um, ESPN mm-hmm. this weekend, um, which is actually being also shown on ABC, which I didn't realize. And then um, not necessarily a mega cast per se, but I qualify it as one. CBS is doing one with Nickelodeon. Certainly qualifies, um, yeah. So uh, let's let's save the CBS and Nickelodeon uh, conversation for the end. But do do you like mega casts? Like, do you utilize them? Yeah, I jump into different parts during the game. Depends on who's playing, right? I mean, if it's a game, if it's close, or if it's if it's an analyst, I, a coach I want to hear in in a seat that's that's on the coach's room or whatever they're doing. Or, I mean, you know, for the championship games, they had that home home and away radio on ESPNU. Like, you could find the radio broadcast from different teams. That, that Like, Notre Dame's broadcast was there, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it's just a different way to consume it. It's kind of fun. I mean, I, that's what makes college football so interesting. It's just so parochial. And there's so many different ways to get it. And it's always about the debate. And, and if, the, is, if the national champion is the national champion, or should they have gotten in? Um, the sky cam stuff. I mean, I, I just think it's just fun, different ways to interact with it. And it gives me some choice. It gives, it gives me an opportunity to say, okay, I don't want to hear the play-by-play guys, but I'm still interested in seeing what's going on. Or it's going to be background noise. Let's have it be this as, as I'm, you know, reading a book or doing some other work or something. Yeah. So I like them. I really do like them. But I, I think I'm, I don't think I want more of them. Like, I don't necessarily want, like, four feeds of an Ohio State Penn State game in the middle of the season and not that we're like we're giving that or there's any talks of that and certainly because there's also other games going on but I, I do find them a nice break and a nice like I think that they are an important experimentation in kind of like sports media if you will like I think it's it's definitely something very out of the box whereas usually as you said you're kind of normally stuck to one play-by-play crew you know, you're stuck to one feed. You're stuck to, you know, listening to one announcer that you may or may not like. You, you know, or sometimes the broadcast is better or worse depending on the, what channel does it. Um, so yeah, I, I think I do like them. Not I think I do like them. Um, 
in, in this past weekend or Friday or whenever, on New, New Year's Day when, when it was going on, I did use it a little bit. Um, I was flipping back and forth between the main broadcast and then the Skycam broadcast. Now, one thing that I was a little bit disappointed by was there was no audio for the Skycam broadcast in the sense that there was no play-by-play. Which, to me, like if like you said, like if you're having on background noise, which is maybe more so for that Bama Notre Dame game, certainly like the the Georgia Cincinnati game earlier in the day, I'm I want that background noise. Like it was it was like just the state you would only hear the stadium announcer calling out the plays. I did see on Twitter that on the all twenty two camera, they did have either ESPN radio or they brought in some some type of play-by-play for it and I just that was my only kind of gripe was like I wish that that was there because I like the Skycam I I, we've talked about this plenty of times before I prefer to watch a game that way but I'm not going to watch the game that way when you're getting the X's and O's breakdown somewhere else like that to me I I, I like yeah and I I think you're not going to you're going to continue to see the megacast for at this level of game, the, the national semifinals. I, well, I think you'll see it for college basketball this year. I think the Final Four, Turner, TBS, and they, they, they've done that before. Um, not the mega cast, but the experimentation, I think, will be something that expands this year with, like Fox Sports 1 last year did what the announcer list game. They did a couple of them. Penn State, Illinois was one of them where they kind of had the coaches wired the whole game. I think as, as they get stuck with and adapt to a new technology and new landscape when – People aren't maybe going to be at games. You're going to see these kinds of things that they grew out of the megacast. Hey, can, can we do this with a game? Can we try to do it this way? Our announcers aren't on site. What can we do differently to bring in a view or a look or a, something different? So I think you'll see more of what started in megacast happening as one-offs. You won't see a regular season college game getting four pieces, but you'll see some one-off experimentation with some games. Um, and overall, I, I think they're good. I think it just gives... It gives the rights holder it's cheaper content, right? They're gonna what are they gonna do? They're gonna program against themselves? No, they've right. already got the rights for it, so they might as well show what they've got and just add a couple different voices or a couple different treatments, and people can find the way they want to consume it. So I, I think it's a good thing all the way around. Yeah, my thing, my thing going back to the Skycam and the Skycast not having play-by-play is like how many play-by-play pair, pairings are there across the country? Like a, a, a bazillion, You're just working for ESPN alone. Like there's. It's like they couldn't have found just one group of per- one group to do it, even if it was the 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 F team or whatever. Even if it was stilted and they were only seeing the coverage as you were seeing it, right? It just it yeah, gives that, that gives you that pace to the game and what's going on. No doubt about it. Um, this is somewhat sky or somewhat megacast related, and I, I want to hit on this, and then we'll get back to more so megacast. Um, college football national playoff is basically why did I say national football playoff the college football playoff is basically espn's crown jewel even i feel like there it's more the cfp playoff two games the semifinal games are a bigger deal than the actual national championship like that's it's it's, it's more of an event it's more of a day type thing yet and it's 2021 now and you can't watch it in 4k like it was not available in 4k and i, I that's very surprising to me. Like, I know that there's different cameras and, and things like that being involved. Apparently, on the national championship game, you will be able to watch it in 4K. But that that was just 
one thing that was surprising. I'm willing to bet that next year, as 4K slowly becomes more of a thing, and it seems like it's going to be a thing, unlike 3D TV was. That's where I was going to go, right? They got to be doing it. They got to be producing it for someone. Right. You know, and that's the thing. If they don't feel the trade-off is enough that, that people care, if there's enough people that are going to see the difference, they may not do it because the 3D was going to be the next new thing. And it, yeah, that you know, lasted that like was, very should, briefly. That, we should save that conversation for another day because that was a wild time. Um, but yeah, I, that, would, that was my only gripe, but other big gripe um, this weekend. Um, so sticking with ESPN, though, they are doing another mega cast for the NFL. Um, I believe it is one of the Saturday games. It's the Titans game, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Um, I'm, I don't know. I feel like with college football, there are more individual brands—a Kirk Herbstreit, if you will, a, a David Palmer, a, a David Pollock. Not that there aren't those types of brands in the NFL. Um, there's just too many. There's a lot more talking heads, in my opinion. So I'm very interested by this idea of a mega cast. Like, is it going to come through the same way as, as the college football one does? Because a lot of, like, when you're turning, you know, when you're watching the one with, I think they had kind of the guys that do the halftime show. I don't know if it was Booger, it was um, Jesse Palmer and, and um, maybe David Pollock or someone else. Like, those guys are kind of a, a shtick together not really as much like NFL Live really isn't that shtick that it used to be. Right. I don't think it's, I don't know. I'm not as excited for the ESPN cast of the NFL games. As yeah, I'm not as excited for an NFL one just because, and I think the coaches, the coaches piece in the college game in previous years has been good. It, it will depend on what, um, for me, if, if one of the options from ESPN has some former players talking about, you know, what's happening or where that, where that fits. Um, maybe less play-by-play and reaction, but to some thought stuff. Like, I mean, because that's one thing we don't get. We talked about that briefly with uh, Aqib Tlaib earlier this season in one of his games and how he sounds different. I think hearing from some players as part of a megacast would be an interesting option and maybe get me engaged. But I, I am more, you know, college football, more pomp and circumstance, it seems to me more, I'm a little bit more willing for experimentation. NFL, it's about the results. So I'm going to watch the game yeah. and see who wins. And I don't need to be entertained. Now, that said, and we're getting there, like, I may watch the game on Nickelodeon. Like, I may watch the CBS game on Nickelodeon just to see what they do with it. So, and, and be more interested in that than I am the Megacast piece, or the, from ESPN, the Megacast for, for the NFL game. So, I'm looking here, and this is, this is from November 30th. I don't know if this was their press release or what. But it says, ESPN and ABC will simulcast the traditional game broadcast by the Monday Night Crew while ESPN2 in free form will produce their own distinct broadcast with separate crews and then ESPN Deportes doing their own. Wonder what is going to be different about the free form broadcast. And like, they always say that. They're just separate and distinct, but it's just not like it's, oh my God, I got to watch it here. You know, unless they have a voice there that matters. And I don't know who that would be from the ESPN so, side okay. of this. So it's saying, uh, this is according to deadline.com. Um, Freeform's watch party will look to hook younger viewers. <laughs> Dot at me. Uh, guests will appear with ESPN's Jesse Palmer and Maria Taylor throughout the game discussing topics both related to the game and crop, pop culture. Oh, so it's oh. a red carpet football game. That's interesting to me, not at all. I mean, you know. DJ Khaled will perform. 
Do you know who DJ Khaled is? I do, which makes okay. me even less interested. Okay. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't... But but God it bless feels, his agent because he's he's on a lot of stuff. He is on a lot of stuff. It, it that feels um, that feels very Steve Buscemi. Hello, fellow kids. How do you do to me? Right. Yeah. Um, because like the whole audience of Freeform is like the young adult, like sixteen to like twenties range. I don't know. Like kind of like you said, it it feels more of like a red carpet football game than anything else. Like it the, must not overlap with the 25 Days of Christmas group on Freeform because I didn't see any commercials for it during that period. Okay, yeah. And that stuff I watched. <laughs> That's a missed marketing opportunity. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not excited about the, the, the Freeform one. But as you just said, I am I am excited about this Nickelodeon one. I think it could be fun. I, like, if, I'd be less interested if my team was involved. I'll put it that way. If my team was involved, I'd oh, be watching a straightforward one. But, see, I'm the opposite. If if the Steelers were playing in that game, I probably would have forced everyone in my household, which is just Anna and I and the dogs, <laughs> to watch that game on on Nickelodeon. Well, I, I could probably be interested if I, that, but but my wife would be like, look, we're, we're, this is stupid. I want to see what's going on with the football game. I don't need the other silliness. So. But yeah, I'm interested in Nickelodeon and what they do with it, with how they try to have fun, how they... You know, if they do stuff with graphics, if they do stuff with animation, just why not? You know, make it a little more different. Um, yeah, I am. I am trying to hold on. I have my ad blocker on, so I'm trying to get more information. About because in terms of households watching games, right? I mean, the number of households that probably have something on just one screen, as we've talked about before, is limited. So you can see the kids doing this, downloading on an app or an iPad, or standing there beside, you know, watch while the games on TV. On one outlet, they're watching it on another outlet right there in the same room or a different room. I think it could be fun. And I hope it is fun for their sake. I think it is going to be fun. I mean, I'm watching the video here, and there's there's Aaron Rodgers with some googly eyes. There's some slime. There's yeah, a lot the video, of that little video is, is a cool little thing. If they can find some way, I mean, that video didn't happen in real time, so it'll be interesting to see how well and quickly they can make it something slick out. like that happen. The, itself. Um, the SpongeBob, there's a SpongeBob field goal post. I, you know, I'll, I'll watch. I'll, I'll tune in for a quarter, maybe. You know, maybe if, they, if they kick it up, if they kick a field goal and you hear a little SpongeBob laugh on the points count or something like that, that'd be kind of cool, you know. Actually, it'd be, it'd be funny if it was like when he missed and like there, or they played like the sad right. trombone, like it yeah. was like very like throw it back to more so Looney Tunes where it's like the full orchestra is is um, assisting the game. All right. So yeah, all right. I think I'll tune into the Nickelodeon one. Um, but yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, megacasts only work uh, for one thing in special occasions. Now, CBS has the Super Bowl this year. How long until we see a megacast for the Super Bowl? Do you do you like? Do you think it would happen? I my gut says no. I. It feels like. That is a different, it's almost like a funnel. They're going to do stuff on, on supporting networks and family of networks, whoever owns it, um, to do the award show or some pregame or some ancillary programming. And they want to funnel you towards one place, two places actually, the broadcast and online, so they can count the audience. So they can be able to say, we, we had 96 million people watching and another 5.2 million streaming, and it is the largest viewership ever for a Super Bowl. It feels like that's what they want to do. I mean, it feels like it's ripe for a megacast and could work. But at the same time, 
It feels like the model has been, let's direct you to one place for it. Two now is streaming, but that's it. That's the way you get it. That's where you get it. Um, keep it over the air. Um, you know, and it'll be the next interesting TV deal to see if ESPN gets a Super Bowl in the rotation when the time comes. But yeah, I, mean, I feel like it's all, right, but I, I just, I, I just, it doesn't feel like that's what they want to do with it. Right. I mean, after all, it, it is the Super Bowl. It's you know, it you pay a lot of money for NFL rights so that you can have the right to make a bajillion dollars off of ads. That are, and, and I'm happy to have you know one thing that we all share and consume in the same way. I mean, realistically, that's it. That and even election night isn't all the same place. That's a good point. You know, I, I didn't I, there's, think about there's that. There's a lot of value in having, and that's one thing that I think we've lost in my lifetime in the past 15 or 20 years, well, your lifetime, is that shared experience. You know, we all disagree about stuff because we can't consume it from the same place and still disagree about it. My team won, your team didn't. That guy likes my, that announcer likes my team, that team doesn't, but we don't share the experience. And I think there's a lot of value in that. That's a good point. I, I did not think about that. But even like March Madness, yeah, I mean, because as you said, you can watch six different angles and yeah, you know, and, and I will say from my perspective, I do agree with you. Like there is, even when sports came back there for, and I don't even remember like particularly what game it was. It might've been a, might've been a baseball game or something. And like, there were multiple people in my timeline tweeting about a baseball game or something going on. And like, that's a, it's a fun feeling to have, like to be truly engaged in a conversation like that um, and to be a part of something so, i mean just you know. yeah um okay all right cool all right so as we said at the top of the show um it's it's we're a little we're five days over but you know new year same podcast same steve same darian as of now um but we did put together some new year's resolutions for sports media slash sports but Primarily, I think yours are all sports media. Um, do you want to go back and forth? You want you want to run down through all all yours? Um, I can't see yours because I pulled this off already. So okay. I'll go through mine, and you can. And okay, we'll you go through, through yours, and then, and then we'll do mine. And uh, go through all. Res- go, I, I have four. I have three, but I cut them to four, so we'll make it back to four. Um, watch more hockey. Um, okay. Season hasn't started yet. I am typically a NHL postseason hockey fan. Get me through the season, then I'll start paying attention. Um, I think I'm going to try to watch a little more. Shorter season. Shouldn't have to require as much of an investment. So I, I need to do that. I want to do that. So that'll be good. A um, little further on the calendar, I'm going to, in the Olympics, I resolve to watch something that is not one of the main sports and a lot of it. So not just basketball or track. Maybe it's uh, archery or judo or whatever some summer Olympic sport is that I've just never watched much of before. I will give it a shot this year, the whole time, all of it. Start to finish on whatever sport it is. I don't know what it is yet, but we will try it. So let me just say that I am a huge handball fan. Like I team live, handball, yeah. Like I live for handball during the Olympics. So I was that. Uh, the, you can go look up my Twitter and find tweets where I was devastated that the Olympics got postponed, mainly because I won't be able to watch handball. And it's a good sport. We used to do that in the old old time high school gym class was team handball. It, it looks incredibly fun to play. I really wish it was bigger in, in this country because I think I would play it like recreationally all the time. They were trying to work a deal to have them up at Penn State at one of the new gyms, like one of the off-campus places to make like State College the team handball location Center. for USA team handball or whatever the organization is. I know is. that. Look at that. Learn something new. Um, I resolve to not be upset, but hopefully strongly wish that Lee Corso is not part of game day next year. 
Um, wow. I don't know if that's not, that's not, that might not be a resolution. Um, but gosh, he's so good for the show and has put it on the map and he matters, but it he was tough this year and I don't know that they can put him in a position to succeed. And I don't want to feel bad for him. I want to resolve to feel happy for what he accomplished. I'm going to disagree with you. I actually thought he did pretty well this year. I think the whole like having him remote and you, them having to be like, okay, coach, what do you have to say about it? Like prompting him. Making because apparently he like reads off of a script. Everything that being said, yeah. He he does. He is getting a little bit older. Let's put yeah, it I mean, I, I, maybe maybe in person he'll still be able to savage one more year, but it, it just everything's scripted, so that's the tough part. Yeah. Um, and I resolve to be somewhat less critical of TV rules officials for football, but man, it'll be hard. <laughs> I just I just want them to add something. I just think it is. It's, it's the best addition to TV sports media in the past half decade. Having that position, having someone there, I just think they are consistently inconsistent in their ability to serve viewers, which is frustrating. Inconsistently, or consistently inconsistent. That, I like that phrase. Um, yeah, okay, I, I, I will agree with you on that one, but I, I don't have a lot of faith no. in, in them. All right, mine are a little bit different. They're not as personal, um, but they could be. Per- I mean, they, they are all things that I really want to see. Um, so one thing, this is somewhat of a thing to keep an eye on, but one thing that I really want to see and hope happens in 2021, is I feel like that's what you do with a New Year's resolution. You hope that you go on a diet. You hope that you lose weight. Normally you don't um, by, like, the third week. Uh, but... My biggest thing, one of my biggest things this year is there's a new NHL TV contract going to be negotiated this year. And I think that I am hoping that it is a better contract in a bazillion ways. One, we no longer are forced to watch hockey only on NBC Sports, and it looks like we won't have to. Two, I hope that, and this sounds weird to say because I used to bash them all the time, ESPN gets back into hockey because I think that will lift dramatically lift the profile of the sport more than more so than than fox getting it or turner getting it um i in fact i don't i don't want turner to get it at all um so that 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 is kind of like my my number one priority of things i want to see happen this year is a good new contract that actually helps the league um grow and become more popular um my next thing is something that i hope that every engineer or whatever that listens to the show all bazillion of them it does so the other the other night i was watching the world junior championships for hockey steve because mm-hmm. tonight's championship game and tonight look at look at you knowing it all um long story short in between each periods nhl network will put how much time is left in between the period so if you need to get up and go use the bathroom, you know that you have 15 minutes to do that. You need to go make something in the, in the kitchen. You have, my goal, my wish for 2021 is to make every TV broadcast that has an intermission of some sort with sports have one of those clocks. Like, it, it should tell me that the game will be back on in 15 minutes. And I know, that, know why they do that because they don't want you to get up and leave, but I'm going to get up and leave anyway. Pro tip, though, do you have an Alexa, Steve? No, because she creeps on me. I don't like it. Okay. All right. So, but for anybody else listening out there, there are ways that you can create routines and say, Alexa, it's halftime, or Alexa, it's intermission, and then it'll set an alarm 
for 15 minutes or however many minutes and it goes off and then you're like okay i know that the game's back on i just have kind of an internal clock and when the commercials start changing i know they're coming back but i do think the clock thing overall is, is an inspired idea i think it's great i think they should have it it should say 15 minutes and 29 seconds to kick off i don't want to know when they're coming back so i have to see the tease either i don't want to see al michaels and chris collinsworth for a minute and a half recapping <laughs> tell me how much it is to kick off because they know that too and i think that would be great well, this is like this is like European sports, like the World Cup. Like everybody always laughs every year. The World Cup, if it starts at three o'clock, it, the game, the first ball is kicked off at three o'clock. Yep. All right. No, next great. one is my other, my next twenty twenty one resolution for somebody else out there is for someone to make a better MLS site. So there there is not a very good centralized media outlet for the MLS. There's a couple of national writers out there, but it's very hard to get information. The biggest way that I actually get my information about the MLS is through um, Reddit. But like even like the, like the Athletic has a team that covers the a team quote unquote that covers the MLS. But like I want them to, I want somebody to create a more centralized site, more of like something like a Hockey News or something that's a lot more focused specifically on that one. So that that one's. That one is big for me. I know that the MLS isn't huge in this country. I don't know if there would be that audience for it, but but it seems like funny. it would be easier, right? When you when, so they missed the boat somewhere in doing that, and when they started up, yeah. it seems like it'd be easier to have a centralized place for people to find everything as opposed to everybody Schmatter. doing it. Yeah, it's it's very much a matter. Um, that's a technical term. All right, in my last resolution. Um, it's a, it's a two-parter. One, I want there to be more coverage of women's sport, sports. Um, the the NWSL and the NWHL primarily. But also is for me to try to watch more of those sports. Um, because That was going to be my next question. How much do you watch? You want more, but how much do you watch? So th that's, why I, that's why I caveat it with that. Because I probably admittedly haven't done the best job of watching it. But it's also very hard to find. And that, like... So it's, it's kind of a chicken and egg scenario. Um, but I know that the NWHL is doing their, um, they're doing, they're not really doing a season this year. They're more doing like a tournament and they're doing it in a bubble in Lake Placid. Um, so that, that's gonna be all over the place on NBC apparently, or NBC Sports. Mm -hmm. But I, like, I want more of that. I want, make it easier for me to watch it and I will watch it. Uh, you know, even with the WNBA, like, I I actually prefer women's basketball. I think like at least at Penn State, women's basketball usually knock on wood is significantly better than the men's team, and it's more like you know it's slower to do in some ways. It's more exciting to watch because there's more on the line. With the WNBA, I actually enjoy watching the WNBA because I can probably name more WNBA players than I can NBA players just from. Knowing Penn State college women's basketball. basketball in Penn State, yeah, yeah, no, and we, I mean, for me, the WNBA was interesting because I, you know, Alex Bentley, who I had in class and who I knew, right, played and whatever else, our interest was there, and I used, I covered a lot of women's college basketball, both at Penn State and some other places. I think the tough part is everybody's is well intended and says they want to broadcast more women's sports or do whatever, and it was like the NWSL after the after the Women's World Cup two years ago, three years ago, mm -hmm. the ratings were super. They got a late season contract with ESPN to do more games, and they did them. And it wasn't like they renewed that right away because viewership was so high. And right. that was the thing. And even even in-person attendance was huge at a couple of places when the team first came back and a couple of the stars played. 
but the attendance and the attendance is up, but it wasn't, you know, you're not having overflowing crowds. What could be interesting is people are less interested, less uncomfortable, or more comfortable, more comfortable seeing nobody in stands or seeing fewer people in stands at competitions. Mm -hmm. So that might be to their benefit and to the broadcaster's benefit of saying, oh yeah, so what? Nobody's in the stands. We still want to show the game, you know. Right. So we'll see. Like I, I, we try to watch, or I try to watch if it's there, and usually it's again. Especially with soccer too, there's there's a Penn State connection somewhere that I'm probably interested in, or saw somebody at Jeffrey Field or something, that that makes me hang on to a broadcast longer than I might for a, an NBA game or something else. Right. All right. Those are those are my resolutions. Um, so, I'm gonna, gonna try to do better, and hope that those other places do better for me as a consumer. I think they will. All right, this week's Old Guy, Young Guy is brought to you by my long weekend hunt for a Nintendo Switch. So on Saturday, I went out to the Baltimore area and went to four different game stops in the Baltimore area to find and successfully purchase a Nintendo Switch. My question for you this week is, what is the last video game you've played and what is the last video game that you own, not your daughters, not anyone else, you personally. It didn't hit me till right now when you said the, the, the story about going out to buy. The last video game that I played, like a full game, would have been like Wii Bowling, like eight years okay. ago. Like, because wow. Chris, Christmas was a Wii at some point, right? And mm -hmm. that was, we harvested many hours of, of doing that. Because our kids didn't have video games, they didn't have TVs in their rooms, I tried to fight the phone battle to keep it out of the bedrooms when they went to cell phones, and I eventually lost that along with many other battles. But, um, yeah, it would have probably been like Wii Bowling or Wii Golf or something like that. Um, I tried my nephew some Nintendo game that he had over Christmas. Like, he was showing it to me, and I played like three seconds. Oh, this guy's supposed to do that. That guy's supposed to do that until I died. Um, and in terms of video games in general, the stuff I put a quarter in, at an arcade in the old wow. days. Wow, you, you weren't even, was you like, are so was like, old that you were going to I know, to it was like Miss Pac-Man or something, or Pac-Man, oh. right? Like, that was, that was it in the, in, the, in the 80s and early 90s. That was, so yeah, but did Wii you, Bowling would have been the last. And in terms of what I put, I purchased what did you a gaming. Yeah, what was the last gaming system you bought for you? The last gaming system I bought for me, because the Wii doesn't count, because, of course, someone brought that at Christmas. Um, I bought Intellivision. When I was probably yeah, look it up in television. I gotta look that one. Um, there was there was there was Atari right, which was the first, and then there was in television, which was a two-player thing with little things hooked together like by old phone cords, and I can still tell you that the in television football code, if you press nine eight one four for the one football play, it was like a roll left and pass back right with these little sixteen-bit players that ran down the field. I am looking at this thing right now, and it literally looks like it looks like a car phone. It does. What, it looks exactly like a car phone, which I've never. I, you know, I pride myself on knowing a lot of, trying to know a lot of older things. I have never seen one of these before. In my life. And television was wonderful, and the only the only people that I knew had it, I had it, and my cousin had it. Everybody else had Atari, so we felt special that oh. this was neat. And you had different. Yeah. It was actually a step up from Atari, but um, that's not saying much. <laughs> There's this game on here called Mousetrap that is very clearly a crappy, cheesy 
Mr. We, we had Mr. we had football and baseball um, were the big ones. Um, I'm trying to look now on the Wikipedia page for it to see what else was there. But football and baseball were the biggest. <laughs> the downside to a television was it was almost exclusively they had an asteroid game, kind of like whatever. It was it was almost exclusively two player games, which made it hard. You know, you had to have someone to play with because it's like it looks like a car phone. You had to have someone on both ends, sort of. This this football game is the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's like they don't even look like humans. They look like little dinosaurs or something running down. Yeah, the they're field. like little rock'em sock'em robots brought to life. Yeah. Oh my god, this is so funny. Wow. There you go. That's the last gaming system I bought. Wow. Okay. Well, because we had one, we had one growing up, and I think I bought one, a, a knockoff or newer version of it in college or when we first got married, because I thought it was so cool. I was going to do this, and then you know, kids, and it didn't happen. So, but in television, wow. not not at all the answers you thought you were going to get, was it? I no, I I didn't know what I was going to get. Like I did, but I didn't think you were going to say arcade games. Like that's that's we just weren't. I will say I do enjoy arcade games. Like there's, like Pac-Man, I like, and I I am a fiend. Like Tetris is my game. Like yeah. Tetris forever will be one of my favorite video games. Um, I bought a little mini. It looked like a an old arcade game machine at mm-hmm. like one twentieth the size. It had exactly like ten games about. on it that you could plug into the TV. I bought one of those a couple years ago. I mean, that might have been the first. That might have been before we for the girls to say, "Hey, here, if you want to try this out." Um, but we just weren't video game. We didn't do a lot of video game stuff in the house, and even in high school and college, the arcade was. You know, I'd go plug a few quarters there, but you know, if I was out, I was probably lucky enough to have a date, which was rare, so I wasn't going to blow up by staying out in the arcade. So you know. <laughs> All right. Well, that was I enjoyed that. That was I'm glad I asked about that. That was that was a good. You can one. go down in television rabbit hole later tonight, and laugh your backside oh off about gosh. how unrealistic the games look. Like, and I complain about the graphics in the new Madden game from time to time. Oh yeah, if these these are just awful. I, I mean, yeah. and I, I do, I mean, I do like like I said, I like the arcade games, even like Pong, like on like compute like. You play it on like on a website on certain places. That's fun to do, but boy, I I never heard of it in television, and I'm now very interested. In it looks like somebody bought a new, come up with a new version of All this right. Amico A M I C O television thing. Someone must have bought the name. You, how did is it? How did you plug it into the TV? Just had a cord that plugged into the back of it, like it went into like the coaxial cable in the back. Okay. And then the games, the games plopped in the side. Yeah, Astro, Astro Flash, Astro Smash. I remember that game, which was kind of like Asteroids. It was hard. It wasn't. It had a numbered keypad and a little disc controller, um, so it had a little. It was just. It wasn't as nimble as some other things, and, and, and or as easy to do as um, Atari and some other things. But it was fun. Like again, I I, I pressed that for football. The little code number to get a screen pat to roll left and pass right. I can remember that pushing that number in. I'll probably take that to my grave with me, right? So. Oh my gosh. Let's see. Oh, that's funny. All right. This is the, this is this was our best old guy, young guy. I'm glad I asked about this. All right. This has been the show for this week. Anything else you want to add? Anything else you got to say? No. This is it. Thank you. All right. All right. Um, subscribe to us on the various 
services where you subscribe to podcasts. Um, like us on Facebook. Email us at the show at stuffsummersayspodcast at gmail.com with some feedback would be nice. And my Twitter handle is at stuffsummersays. Your Twitter handle is? At Steve Samson. All right. That's been the show. Thank you. Bye.